there, Alana Terry here. Welcome to the Successful Writer Podcast. Today's episode is a teaser about my course about financial strategies for thriving authors, where we dive into some of the mindset work as well as some of the straight up business and financial strategies that can help you increase your bottom line. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. And if you want to sign up for the full course and dive deep into your own money stories and some of the self-sabotages and blocks that might be holding you back in your career, you can sign up for the full course at courses.alanaterry.com money. Have a great day and enjoy today's episode. Hi there, it's Alana, and what we are going to do right now is to help you identify your personal money story. So I'm going to be asking you some questions if you feel like it. These are things that you can end up journaling about should you want to go into it deeper, talk to a friend about. If you're the kind of person who prefers to think through things by talking them out with somebody, or you can just be listening to what I say and coming up with your answers. So what we have are questions that are going to help you identify your money story. And specifically, we're going to be talking about your money story as it was told to you as a child, because sometimes we don't recognize how much of an impact those stories still make on us today. And the more consciously aware we become of them, the more we get to deliberately pick and choose what parts of our money story that we inherited from our parents we want to keep and what we want to pitch and what we want to alter. So The first question is one we already talked about a tiny bit, and that is, how did your parents speak about money? Did you hear them complaining about money? And if you did, maybe you got it in your mind that, oh, well, having money leads to fights with your spouse or not having money leads to fights with your spouse. Or the more money you have, the more potential there is to argue about what you're going to do with it, right? Like that's actually kind of a common block that keeps some people self-sabotaging their finances. It's this idea of, well, if we don't have any money, my spouse and I don't have the luxury of fighting over how we want to spend it. But if we had extra money, they're going to want to spend it on this and I'm going to want to spend it on this. And I don't want to open doors for that kind of disagreement. So I am not going to earn to my full potential. If you're not aware of these things, sometimes it sounds a little silly, but the more you become aware of how you're personally sabotaging yourself, the more you can kind of blast through those money blocks and stop holding yourself back and stop self-sabotaging. So back to our question, how did your parents talk to you about money? Maybe you had parents who kept money totally hush hush and so what you learned is that money is something that you ignore it's like the the skeleton in the closet it's not polite to talk about maybe you're the kind of person today who is scared about opening your credit card statements because you don't really want to see where you're at financially right so all of these stories are affecting what you do today and the more you become aware of them the more you get to choose what kind of an impact it has about you. Another kind of tangent question to this is, how did your parents speak about people who either had more money or significantly less money, right? Maybe you heard your parents 
talking bad about the rich neighbors and oh how audacious they are to buy a boat and put it in their driveway and rub rub it in our faces or something like that and what you subconsciously learned was that if you have wealth it's going to make people jealous of you you're not the kind of person who wants people to be jealous of you you are a kind and loving individual you don't want to make people envious or upset and so you're going to stay poor right these are all ways that we can self-sabotage or maybe it's the opposite maybe you heard your parents talking down about people who didn't earn as much money and you hated that and as a sweet and kind child it broke your heart to hear your parents talking about things like that. And so what you learned, the story that you told yourself was, well, rich people are mean or rich people are rude. And I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be rude. And so therefore it's not safe for me to be rich. So much of what we're going to be talking about are the things that are going to help you feel safe to be wealthy. Here's just a really quick litmus test to help you know if you feel unsafe earning money. Okay, so listen, next month you wake up, you get your royalty payments from your book sales, you look at your business numbers, however it is that money's coming into your business at this point in time. Next month, you have earned a hundred times what you earned this month. What's your initial thought? If your initial thought is, well, that's a stupid question because it would never happen. Okay, then you've got some limiting beliefs about your own earning potential. If your initial thought is, oh no, I wouldn't know what to do with that much money or oh no, that much money would cause trouble, then you can guess that that initial reaction you get in your gut, it's going to be guiding you as to where your hangups are. Maybe you hear me say next month, you get your royalty statement and you see that Oprah jumped online and recommended the book you wrote and now you're getting $50,000 in royalties for the month, okay? If your first reaction is, oh no, I'm in trouble or something like that, or if there's some kind of fear there and not just the sense of, yes, I've been ready for this my whole life, then you know that you have room to work on your money mindset. And it's always something that we always have room to work on. So what are areas where you don't feel safe earning? We've talked about some of them. Maybe you learned from your parents that having too much money causes fights. Or maybe you learned that the rich people that you saw were mean and shunned people without as much money. And since you don't wanna be mean and rude, you don't feel safe to earn. These are all ways that we impose limits on ourselves. That's the amazing thing about being an author or being an online entrepreneur is we don't have a salary cap, right? If you work a typical hourly job, you only have so many working hours in the day and you can't go beyond that. If you work a salaried job, you can work a lot of hours and, and you probably will, but there's still a limit as to how much your company is gonna give you. Being your own entrepreneur means that there is no cap. So the caps that we experience sometimes, yeah, sometimes they're market-driven, sometimes they're problems with our branding or things like that, but sometimes they have to do with the sense that there is something in you that does not feel safe to be wealthy, and therefore you are limiting your own success. You are imposing 
your own glass ceiling. Picture yourself looking at the mirror and saying, I am amazingly rich. I am a wealthy person. And same thing, if you get that tension in your gut, if you feel fear or if you feel disgust, right? Like, ew, I would never want to say that. Those are clues that you've got subconscious blocks that have to do with some of these money hangups. Okay, so that's how your parents talked about money. Let's also start thinking to kind of identify your own money story. How did you see your parents act about money? And I worded this question for a very specific reason. I did not ask, how did your parents behave financially? It's how did you see them behave financially, right? Some parents don't let their kids in on anything with the finances. And if you're that kind of person, one of the pitfalls that you might have is being the person who's too scared to open the bills. Or maybe you let your spouse handle all the finances, which is fine if that's the arrangement that you have come to. But if you're doing it just because you're scared to do it yourself, then you're acting out of fear. So how did you see your parents act around money? Did you see a feast or famine, right? A paycheck comes in, we gotta spend it right now because we don't know when more money's going to be coming. Or was it the opposite? Did you see them hoarding money, right? Did you see them um, putting so much into savings and it was based out of fear, right? Money is something that, that can be taken away in an instant, so we have to hoard it to ourselves. And again, the best results from these kinds of exercises are when we are able to answer these questions without judgment, right? There are good lessons that can be learned from a parent who saves. There are bad lessons that can be learned from a parent who saves. Two people can grow up in the exact same house, see their parents behave the exact same way about money, come away with totally different mindsets about your money story. In addition to talking about your parents, and of course, if you grew up in a less traditional thing, maybe you were raised by grandparents or, you know, whatever, go ahead and substitute parents with, you know, the important adults in your life. But I also want you to start thinking about what did your culture teach you about money? So there are some easy ways we could do this. We could talk really general about pop culture. When you see rich people in movies, how are they portrayed? And you know what? This is where the idea that all rich people are snobby, terrible, greedy, selfish people comes from. Because in movies, that's what we see. We see the super stress. Oh, and here's the other one that comes from movies. Anybody who's rich is sabotaging their family and is really, really stressed, right? How many movies are there about the person, usually the man who's only concerned about money, only wants to get ahead in his business. And so he sacrifices his family's happiness. And then all of a sudden he realizes that family is the most important thing. And now he's going to be a good person. It's like a Christmas carol, right? In modern day. And it's always the, the what we glean from that, even on a subconscious level is if you're rich, it means you're selfish. It means you're not putting your family first. And it means that you're an unhappy, unfulfilled person. Okay. We need to totally change that narrative up. So what I encourage you to do is to picture someone that you know, who's very rich, who doesn't fit that, right? Um, somebody who makes a lot of money and puts their family first, right? Somebody who makes a lot of money and is kind of laid back about it. It's really, really rare that I work 
a 40 hour week. And a big reason I do that is because I want to spend time with my kids. I want to put my family first. I want to have spaciousness and I don't want to be stressed out. I don't want to work crazy, crazy hard, but that's the story that we get from pop culture about money, right? But that's kind of the easy answer. What I want you to do is to go into your kind of subculture. So maybe this is your religious community or your ethnic community, or even just your family, right? Like your clan. So as an example, I grew up um, and, and still am, you know, conservative Christian girl who grew up into a Christian woman. And there definitely were money stories being told. A lot of them had to do with uh, similar to what we see in movies. If you're running after money, you're a terrible, horrible person and you need to have your come to Jesus moment. There are people in the Bible who were very, very rich and they used their money to serve the Lord with it. There are people today who are very, very rich, who are kind and warm and loving people doing amazing things. And so I think so much of it comes down to what do you plan to do with this money, right? And one of the things that I heard, because again, all of what we're talking about are ways to make you feel safe to be rich, to feel safe to earn more. And so if your money story is all rich people are mean, terrible, greedy people, you're not going to want to become rich because you don't want to be like that. And so one thing that really helped me overcome that hang up is when I heard a teacher say, the person you are today is the same person you'll be when you're rich, right? If you're a kind, loving, generous person today, you're going to be a kind, loving, generous person when you're rich. And you know what? You're going to have an even greater impact on the world because you can make more change when you have more resources, right? So think about your religious or your ethnic community. I grew up in a Japanese American family and we're very careful, right? We're not flashy. We're into slow and steady wins the race. And you know what? That has served me well. And that plays into my marketing strategies. It played into how fast I scaled my business because I'm not the massive, massive risk taker because I grew up in a culture, a kind of ethnic subculture where we just didn't do that, right? And, and that's okay. What you need to do is look at your own money story and how is it going to serve you? I grew my business in the slow and steady method because that's where I felt safe and secure. I don't look back at myself and say, well, you know what, Alana, if you had had a little bit more of a, of a backbone, you could have gotten to where you are faster. No, I love the pace. I chose a pace that worked for me. I don't judge that. Similarly, I don't look at my friend who grew her business overnight by, you know, investing $30,000 in her business like one month. I don't look at her and say she did it wrong, right? We all have different money stories. We're all going to pursue creating wealth in totally different ways. I'm not here to tell you the right way to become rich. I'm here to help you feel safe to earn more. That is my biggest biggest goal. So another question you can ask yourself is what did your kind of clan or ethnic community or religious community teach about money and how might that be impacting your beliefs about money today? So again, these are all kinds of questions that we can ask to start identifying our own money stories because the sooner we identify what our money story is, we will be able to see the behavior, right? A belief you hold about money is eventually going to turn into be a behavior. 
let's talk about me being slow and steady because that was part of my cultural upbringing. My grandma never sat me down and said, Alana, the way to get rich is to be slow and steady, right? It was just, it was kind of the way we live. We don't do things fast. We're careful. We're methodical. That, that is the kind of subculture that I grew up in. I embraced that and it was reflected in my business. I was careful. I was methodical. I was patient. I did the slow and steady trajectory. And like I said, it served me well, but here's where it might've not served me well. If I had somehow taken that kind of core value about it's okay to be patient, it's okay to accumulate wealth slowly, it doesn't have to happen overnight. If I were to take that and then impose tons of rules, I would have never gotten to where I was. Maybe I made myself a rule of, I only want to grow. Well, I actually did do this early on in my writing business. I had a goal every year. I wanted to increase my writing income by $10,000. Okay. So I started like my first couple years as a writer. We're talking like maybe the first year was 2000 and then 5,000. So we're talking a slow beginning to start with. I was thankful for it, right? Like it was super exciting to get paid for my words and it was a dream come true, but it was slow from just a financial standpoint. I was not the flash in the pan overnight success. And had I tried to become that, it would have gone against what made me feel safe. Because like I said, I grew up in a culture where we kind of expect the slow and steady to get rewarded. So I wasn't a flash in the pan, but early on, I did want to grow my revenue. So early on, I told myself I want to increase my annual income by $10,000 a year. That was a goal I set for myself. And it turned into a glass ceiling. It turned into a law. The reason I set $10,000 was because I didn't feel safe doing that. And here's why I didn't feel safe. Well, what happens if I make $20,000 this year, but I can't make $30,000 next year? Then I'm going to feel like... I failed. I'm going to feel like I messed up. I'm going to feel like I made some mistake. So I only was willing to increase my income if I had kind of a guarantee that I could match that income every year. Then I heard an author talking about doubling her income every single year. And you know what I said? I said, I could do that too. And so sometimes our core beliefs about money do serve us, right? I wasn't impatient to get rich, I was totally fine being so unsteady, but sometimes we do need to see how our money beliefs do limit us. Like the story that I told myself that, well, it's okay to increase my income, but I've gotta do it really slowly every year. And instead I said, you know what, nah, I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna take what this author's doing, I'm gonna double it. And that's another good example. As you're trying to up-level your money mindset, I really encourage you to find people who have up-leveled their money mindset. I saw an author who got on a podcast and said, I'm gonna double my income every year, and I've done that for the past three years or so, and I said, I'm gonna do that too. Find somebody, like I said, who is rich and generous or rich and kind or rich and doing wonderful things for the world or for the environment or for people in poverty, right? Have those people be your role models because we, like I said, we're so story-based that we will latch on to the stories that we're told. And sometimes we need to change that story. I needed to be told it's okay to grow your wealth faster than the trajectory I was on. And I saw people doing it and decided to do it myself. So from the minute I made that decision, I had four years where every single year, my annual income doubled, right? I was able 
to see it as a possibility. And that's the other thing that sometimes holds us back. We don't even see it as a possibility. We're kind of defeated before we start. And so again, that's why this entire resource for you and all of these conversations we're having about money, they're meant to encourage and inspire you to dream bigger and to identify the blocks that you're imposing on yourself and to really focus on the mindset work. Because then once you do that, all the marketing and everything else will have a solid foundation. The mindset is the foundational work. So I hope that helps you. I hope it's encouraging and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. And if you want to grab the full course that's going to help you go really deep into your own money story and help you increase your bottom line by expanding your mindset and having smart financial strategies for your business, you can buy the full course at courses.alanaterry.com slash money.